and welcome to the Female Founder Friday podcast with me, Lindsay White. I'm passionate about helping female entrepreneurs be great leaders, build high-performing teams, and create inspiring workplace cultures through innovative talent programs and practices. Because when people feel like they belong at work, they deliver their very best and businesses thrive. The Female Founder Friday podcast is all about connecting with the most incredible female entrepreneurs to talk about their journey to creating their own business, the mistakes they've made along the way, and how they view their own leadership. And I'm challenging all of my guests this season to take my leadership style quiz. And during each episode, we'll be digging into their leadership style and how it impacts the way they lead in their life and their business. And if you're interested in learning more about your leadership style and want some of my top tips to help you lead more effectively, you can take the quiz right now. Just check out the show notes or head over to highvoltageleadership.ca and click on the button at the top of the page that says, take the quiz. Then you can share your results, connect with my guests and join the conversation on Instagram by following me at highvoltleadership. My guest this week is Brienne Hennessy. Brienne is a vocal empowerment guide and the founder of Your Vocal Vitality. Now, Brienne started her career as a clinical speech and voice pathologist, and she spent 13 years in clinics helping people who were struggling with their vocalization. And she never really saw herself as an entrepreneur at all, but it's her constant need to ask why that really drove her to create something better for herself and for her clients. Brienne and I both have big, beautiful laughs and we have wonderful, lovely conversations. So uh, you're going to hear a ton of laughter and have a ton of fun listening to this episode. Awesome. Welcome everyone to the Female Founder Friday podcast. I have my incredible friend, Brienne here. She is the founder of Your Vocal Vitality. We have incredible conversations every single time we connect. So this one today is going to be big, bold, and beautiful. Thank you so much uh, for spending some time with me here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Lindsay. I look forward to our conversations regardless of what we're doing and how they unfold just makes me happy every time. So thank you (laughs) for then being willing to bring this part of my life and work to advocate about voices and on your leadership platform. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And you are so joyful. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that's part of it. Our energy feeds each other. So this, this should be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Come along for the ride with us, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Join us. It's going to be awesome. Um, So, okay. So, I mean, I asked all my guests to tell us what's your journey to being a female founder. What is the backstory here? Mm. I by trade, am a speech and voice pathologist. I spent 13 plus years in clinical healthcare, academia, honing and refining and becoming exceptional at providing clinical-based care to people whose voices needed rehabilitation, those who were struggling, those who were feeling that their voices were raspy, weak, not performing the way they needed to. Mm -hmm. I never saw myself as a business person ever. (laughs) So that's how we, that's how we began. It was very much, I found my calling. This voice is what I love. This is what I'm exceptional at. And when I was in those moments with, I'll use the word patient in this case, because that speaks to that time of my life in the room with the patient. Oh, this, I was in sync with what I wanted to do and be and how I was, was, seeing myself. And over the years, 
as I would step out of those rooms, the heaviness of the hierarchies, the bureaucracies, mm -hmm. the red tape, yes, the, the we are patient slash client centered, but that's in words, not actions all yes. the time. And then for someone like myself, who happens to be a why person, why do we do, why, why do we do this? And <laughs> often, often, depending on who you're asking that question to, let's just say to not one, but two bo bosses who weren't fans of being questioned too often. I was a little more of a rule breaker when it came down to it. Not I didn't you. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Who would have thought, especially oh, because oh, wow. that Lindsay, yes, people see me and I'm like, oh, she's so kind. She's so joyful. And I'm like, mm, just wait till you tell me what not to do. And I probably will do it. So, <laughs> so in this wow. regard, I kept hearing, but we've always done it this way. Yeah. Okay. And y'all can't see my face right now, but like it brings up a visceral reaction in me still. And my whole body just contracts because yeah, we need that phrase in no industry. We need that phrase banned from all things because yeah. that is just, so all that to say is then I, <laughs> I had these, these nudges, I call them my, my intuitive voice. Uh, my nudges kept bubbling up yeah. and I would bubble up and I'd be like, Oh, well, maybe I could. I could help. How could I help people outside of this? How could I bring in more accessibility, which was a big problem in healthcare, yeah. <laughs> especially I'm in the States right now. So, um, for any of y'all who've heard, we kind of need some help with our healthcare. And then, um, <laughs> we also had to look at things like my love of going out and doing workshops and educating people on preventative care. Well, yeah. interestingly, that's not as supported as one would think in that environment because, well, we have to be here in productive patient care time. And this is what we do. And this is your not autonomous space. Yeah. And that started to rub so much that I just thought this is not the way I, I want to work. And so, so then around 2018, 2017, 2018, like it kept showing up. And then as, as the universe does, a woman came into my experience who was a speech is a speech pathologist helping others to open a private practice. And I was like, Oh, mm. that's a thing. That's a thing. Which also brings up side note. We don't hear about this in grad school. We don't hear about options of how we are uh, able to work. And for those of you in like industry or corporate or, you know, certain yeah. spaces in my world, you're not told that like, oh, you can have other options for like creating your own path or opening your own business. No. So for her to be doing this huh. and, and pushing that envelope for people was awesome. So I, I took part in, in one of her first programs. And so she helped me set up the crux of it. And so that was, that was a starting point. It's morphed a lot since then in like really beautiful ways. Um, so I'm now identify as a vocal empowerment guide yeah. and, and here I am today being able to talk to the delightful Lindsay about what this all looks like. So I love that. I love the vocal empowerment guide. What a great label. Mm. Cause that really is so descriptive of what you do is to mm. really encourage people to use their voices yeah. as effectively as they can. Yes. Yes. And this is the space of proactive awareness, preventative care, like literal health of this instrument and your voice figuratively and, and, you know, in this meta message of what are you here to say yes. and what holds you back from saying that? And if it's something physical, let's address that. And if it's something that isn't physical, but you're starting to notice physical symptoms because you're holding back or resisting, 
let's address that. So it's, I appreciate you saying that Lindsay, because often that was the other interesting thing, uh, languaging going from clinical speak, Hey, to into right. entrepreneurship is so fascinating to me. And often I would get told early on by mentors that I was too abstract, too conceptual, too esoteric. And I, I get that. So I appreciate you observing the, the title because titles are just titles, right? Yeah. Not, they don't mean anything. They're not us who we truly are. And yet I also feel strongly that I, I am not a vocal coach. Now I get that that helps people identify a little bit more with maybe yeah. how I come at this, um, with the physical piece and speaking voice, but there's a lot of myths and there's a lot of harmful things that's going on in the vocal coaching industry. So, you know, what I just realized the other day, actually, as I was preparing for our time together is I had such a strong pull to then honor that bubbling up and that nudge and start the private practice on the side and still be doing the full-time job that I, that, that I thought at the time, well, this is how I'm going to fit it into this box of where I will change the narrative of how we're going to be preventative with voice care, how we're going to help people speak out. Um, And then I realized, wait, I'm not meant to be in that box and change it. I'm meant to be outside of it, creating a new path. Yeah. And that was a whole new level of edit. And whether that does also positively impact, say the vocal coaching industry, speaking, public speaking industry, so be it. But that was really like relieving because in a way it's two different identities to some degree, you know, and, and that's, that's where I love that we're focused on leadership because it's, it does feel like I've been shedding and shedding and shedding lots of parts of previous me and lots of restrictions and rules and things that don't serve me anymore. I, I can only imagine, you know, you talk about that all your training, all of your education then leads yeah. you to this clinical situation. We know that healthcare, whether it's in the US or Canada or Europe or Asia, comes with, I mean, these are highly matrixed, highly bureaucratic organizations. Yes. Because whether they're private pay or public pay, mm-hmm. you're talking about billions of dollars. And mm-hmm. so highly regulated, often highly unionized, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and so I can appreciate that like, you do this and then you go here and then you do this and here's the promotion. And then you take, right. Like yes. very oh. clearly and linearly yes. laid out. And so yes. I can imagine and to step outside of that would have been like, Whoa, yes. what have I done? Exactly. Especially when I, I remember distinctly a colleague and I would often get on our little like daydreaming rants of like what we wanted to do and said, why can't we bring this more in? You know? And we kept saying, because exactly that, if they could break the linear and hierarchical idea and focus on people's strengths and what they love, all things still get accomplished. All things are still elevated. If we could each focus on, if I could be, let's say in charge of the preventative voice health branch of the clinic or, you know, whatever the case may be, but no, like the things that, that matter are the bottom line, which I get, it's a money generating entity. And the idea that this is the way we've always done it and titles matter. And I don't think that that's what speaks to a person's full skill set. Yeah. And, so and when, it, and it when those, when those things drive organizations, when profit, you know, quarterly shareholder value yeah. profit above everything else. Yeah. When, when that, and, and when, um, when old hierarchies, when outdated leadership models, um, when 
uh, highly rigid processes are what drives the business, mm-hmm. you're essentially, you're driving the wrong behaviors. And so even if people have big dreams, they mm-hmm. very quickly learn that in order to move forward in the organization, they need to give those up. They need to fall in line. Mm-hmm. And the behaviors are to, you know, to say yes, to do what you're told, to yeah. tow the company line and to shut your mouth. Yes. And, and that, I mean, ultimately in whatever organization, whatever they, whatever you do or make or sell, right? that is not ultimately the behaviors that you want to drive. And so I can imagine for you, I mean, I talk a lot about personal values and how they inform our behaviors. I can imagine that that, especially after 13 years, uh, yeah. probably just robbed you completely raw, like just completely frustration to the point of, let's just say again, like, I don't know if we, well, we can touch on this a little bit because we could go down this rabbit hole too. I didn't fully understand the way my energy worked the, until right becoming an entrepreneur. So I don't know how I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that I made it 50 hour work weeks time and time again. I'm amazed, you know, like, how did I do that in that like hustle space and push space and yet living in my frustration and, and shadows paradoxically made me a worse communicator. And, <laughs> yes. you know, yes. here I am like communication, speech and voice pathology. I'm going to help you speak. Like been there, been there. I've been told so many times, like you're too touchy feely. I don't like the tone of your voice. I don't, you know, like the way you approach this. And I'm thinking like, come on. And so it wasn't until I had that revelation that I was coming at it from that unhealed shadow. Like I didn't understand this wasn't meant for me space. And then I stayed in it a long time, even after that, because I, because of the fear, who's just going to take a leap. But then I decided that since September, 2020 was a great time to leave a job. (laughs) So, you know, so I did that. (laughs) So it all just, you know, when, when you take the leap, it, yeah, it's, it's, it is the right choice, but all that to say is, yeah, it definitely brought up so many, uh, interesting learns and then how to, relate to people who don't see me versus those who do yeah. and patients were always so they would say to me things like are you sure you're in like medical care like just they just didn't get it like wearing the white coat like doing the assessments doing the treatment and I and I understand like where that sentiment yeah. comes from and at the same time I should not be the exception. <laughs> like, yeah. what, what is happening when they're like shocked that that is their relationship that, with their provider? No, isn't that sad? Yeah. So that's where I think, you know, I didn't realize it as a form of leadership per se, because I was mentoring grad students and fellows and on all of these things. And that, that filled my cup in, in different ways. But that's the part that I, I think the relationship-based and true client-centered approach needs to come from. Yeah. You know, that it should be the norm and not the exception. I love that. I, you're right. It should be the norm, not the exception. That's beautifully said. Um, tell us a little bit. So now you opened your practice in the fall of 2020. Hey, if you can do it in a pandemic, you can do it anywhere. (laughs) Um, tell us what you're doing now. Who are you working with? What, what stuff? Yeah. So interesting. And I'm only going to make this slight little like adjustment to what you said, because I am kind of still amazed that this happened. So I opened the practice in the late, like late fall, winter of 2019, and I had to keep it under wraps. 
for a while until I could get the go ahead from the compliance office of said clinical university healthcare system. So again, we're back to, I'm sorry, who's boxing me in and what are the rules and what are you talking about? (laughs) Like what's going on? So it was a very, yes, your face says it all. Okay. Lindsay's face like, I don't, this is crazy. They wanted to still control a tiny little private practice that had nothing to do with them because we were offering similar services. Right. And to me, I just thought, okay, I will play the game for now. Yeah. And then over then, (laughs) then the world shut down and then it became very different in that setting anyway. Right. You know, yeah. PPE, you know, we, we're, we're starting to see people virtually, which as a voice specialist, I was like, I'm sorry, what? Touch, <laughs> touch somebody's larynx? Like what's going on? Like, <laughs> I, I don't understand. And so, you know, that was a huge adjustment. <laughs> so I gave myself, you know, a little more time. And then when it became clear, mm, so I'm, I, this is, this is why I'm bringing this because it, it was important to me that I still be there for my daughter, who's one of my highest priorities. And in the place that I live, school, virtual school was the only option. And come come time for school, the clinic was not willing to be as accommodating as one might've thought in that season. Wow. Working moms, you know, (laughs) what do we need to get? throwing a few more bones. Yeah. Working moms. Especially in the yeah. app. We're only yeah, whatever. Yeah. whatever. Add, add working single moms. And then it just takes it to a whole new level yeah. where you're like, okay, so that's another soapbox. So, so point is I bring that up because here I was like in this private practice mode and thinking, okay. And I had a short little interim of like, that kind of helped the leap part. And then that, mm-hmm. um, served its purpose. And I was still, you know, then building clients from there, but to that end, that was such a huge moment of trust and then seeing it from shifting from the rehabilitative side to the true love of like the educating preventative empowering side that I already knew was there relative to like what patient feedback would be yeah but then I was like oh this would serve people now you know it doesn't have to be like dripped out in some sort of like when when I feel it's ready based on what they're saying at the clinic or what other colleagues are saying. You yeah. Know? So yeah. all that to say is, yeah. So then comes 2020 and that actually ended up because of the different circles. I found myself in learning, learning entrepreneurship in a, in a hot minute, you know, yeah. it was, of course. it was, it, yeah, it, it really worked out. I got one of my first longer term clients um, from a coaching program that I had invested in. Um, and actually I can speak to it because she, she's very lovely and continuously gives her praise and testimonials, but I joined Kelly Roach's unstoppable entrepreneur. Oh yes. At that time. Yes. And Kelly's voice was struggling. She, oh. she was not able, you can listen to old videos and she sounds so, so raspy. Um, and she had gone and been assessed in said, you know, medical, medical healthcare situation. System. Okay. And all that to say is we were able to, to work together and she's having so much more ease and success and pain-free and joy in her voice. Um, but that was one of the catalysts and I, and I saw bigger, right. I think that's the other thing too, becoming, like you said, you said when they, when they shrink our ideas of what we, what we see possible, um, as a, as a person who is, loves all things human design. I am what's called an emotional projector, a two, four yeah. emotional projector. I see things working more efficiently. I can't tell you how many times Lindsay, I'd be like, Oh, 
let's do this this way. No, there's this, this, this rule to go through before that gets done. So when those start to get squashed and squashed and squashed to step into entrepreneur land and go, this is a thing. This is a job. This is a potential that I could hold for myself. Yeah. Bring it on, you know? Yeah. And then it was back to that shedding part. So I'd say one of the early mistakes I made was still being in hiding even after I left the clinic. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. That that's a good one. Say more about that as a mistake mm. being in hiding. Yeah, it was, uh, because I never, I mean, on the one hand, I never saw myself owning a business. So I was stepping into what that identity felt like yeah. and, and how to do the, the, the basics and, and had built this foundation through this other wonderful program. And then getting into a program like Kelly's and just this idea of she's a marketing expert, um, for those of you not familiar. So what marketing yourself looks like, what it feels like to be out there and be visible. And on the one hand, as you guys can tell, I love talking about this stuff. I love talking yeah. about voice. So bring it on. I will speak all day to things and I, I will do workshops, but it was the, oh, who's going to see this. Yeah. I think I should probably edit my posts to make sure that certain people don't see it. Like, Ooh, it gives me like, my gut is like tightening right now oh, because like, yes. I was so conditioned still to think that there was someone that was going to come slap my wrist because oh, that's what yes. happened in so many times in my career. Yes. So that piece was part of it. And then from a visibility standpoint, you know, I find it fascinating the way that for some people comes very naturally and for others it totally depends on the season that you're in and I think yeah, that's sure okay I, yeah I've given yeah. myself grace for that now so that was one of those things where I could almost see it snowballing in a good way and I kept kind of putting the brakes on it and so it's been my own journey to notice what is in there with wanting to hide versus also being comfortable with being looked at being seen yeah being heard I love that. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially women, mm. Mm -hmm. those of us of the, of yeah. the, that identify as female, yes. I think that we struggle with, are we being too big, too loud, too visible, too present, too yep. much, too much, too, too much. much yep. So many times you're too much. Brienne. So many times. Yes. And that's, that, that was a big, big eye opener to see that and how long it's, it's interesting. I, I work at such a, an interesting pace. It's, it still comes up. I mean, that's, yeah. normal. I, I think yeah. we're always on a journey of our next way of, of sure we the are. lesson yeah. and the win and, and all of those things. And the mind, I call the mind stretches <laughs> mindset yeah. kind of thing. And yet I feel so much aliveness when it does a lot when I'm intuitively guided and, and I align, take that aligned action to, to be visible, the, the, the ROI of the aliveness in that is just, just speaks volumes. Yes. Me, yes. Know? The intrinsic payoff, whether it yeah. results in a new client, a $10,000 contract. Exactly. Oh, exactly. The That's intrinsic yes. value that we get from yeah. Simply being authentically ourself in our business okay. and in our social media and in our whatever, whatever that connection and communication is. Yeah. When we are authentically who we are supposed to be, we get all sorts of great stuff back. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, do you want to hear That's so perfect. That, said that. Do you want to hear just today, a fun win that a client yes. shared just right along those veins. So she, and I just completed, uh, I offer these vibrant voice VIP days. And so we just completed the, in, the first intensive part of that a couple of weeks ago. And today was our first follow-up day. And, um, she goes, you know, she was telling me about some of the physical things we're working on and that was feeling feeling better. We were, you know, kind of adjusting some of those things. And then she goes, you know, and in these last couple of weeks, I've noticed, you know, I lead these, uh, uh, Bible studies. And I started noticing that I was, cause she already loves doing that, yeah. but she was going, she said with no filter. And I was like, Oh, no filter. Like, how great is that? And she is, she is, she goes, and I think through this work, like I've noticed that now I can have these different voices. I believe we all have choices with our voice. And sure. so in those moments you show up in different physical iterations of our voice, mom voice, boss voice, morning voice, <laughs> yes! whatever they're going to be. Yeah. And so it, in her case, like she has some chronic health issues. So she has some, she called it her phlegmy voice, but she also has her powerful black woman voice. And she's like, it's okay that I'm in those different voices. She has her soft voice sometimes. Like yeah. she, at first she had boxed herself in thinking like, I always want to have my powerful black woman voice. And I was like, bring it. It's already there. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be that we always put ourselves into that mode oh, we show up that. in the voice that we're in and then make sure it's working to our most aligned and effective and efficient way because that's oh, what people yeah. will resonate with. I love that. I love that. And you know, I hadn't even thought about that, but you're right. I mean, if you're mm. a mom, when we talk about mom voice, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That yep. is the voice that you like, that is the do don't even voice, yeah. the don't yeah. even voice, right? Yeah. Yeah. I use that voice. I have one teenage son left at home. He comes over here with his big lacrosse player friends. They're enormous. They're big hair dudes. And I'm like the smallest person in the room, which is unusual. Yeah. To me. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> and they all snap to attention. Right. And yeah. you're like, get yeah. the dishes done and get outside. You're making a mess in my house. Right. And they're like, okay. Um, but you're, if you, if you have a mom, voice, you know what we're talking about, but exactly. I love it. There's, there is, I mean, I think about the voice that I have a two-year-old grandson and a six-week-old grandson. And I oh think my gosh, they're so the adorable. voice I use to speak to them, Yeah, how different that, uh, so I love that. I didn't even, I hadn't even thought about it that way. So that's just brilliant. And I think we all get to speak in different voices, whether we're yes. in our lives or in our businesses. Yes. What is that voice? How is it authentic for you? How are you mm -hmm. using your voice? Exactly. Not like physically, because I know you help mm -hmm. people do that, but like even in terms of how you are expressing what's really you. I love it. I love it. So fun. So, so good. Ooh, makes me happy. <laughs> so I want to touch on this because this is a great conversation we've had before. The vocal fry that we hear so much from uh -huh. the K sisters. I'm not going to yes. give them any. The no. vocal fry yep. and the question mark that we put yeah. at the end of every sentence. Uh-huh. Two of the most annoying affectations in our English language right now. I I, I can't like homicidal rage <laughs> doesn't even I have a really articulate colleague. She's a wonderful human. Yeah. She talks with such intense vocal fry. I can't bring myself to listen to her. Yeah. I have to mute her. It yeah. it it speaking of visceral reaction. Yeah. It's it that, is. that's a lot. That's, that's a, that's, I appreciate you being so honest and transparent about that. 
we have before in our conversations, but here on this platform too, because it's okay. Please don't, no one, Lindsay, everyone, no, don't judge yourself for how we perceive things is how we perceive things. And we always have a choice even with that. And some of our auditory processing, is just what we're born with. Mm-hmm. So there is a term called misophonia. Misophonia. M I S O and then phonia, which is sound. I'll just put this out there. The most common example is for those of you who have the, how did Lindsay put it just now, the homicidal rage reaction to the sound of people chewing. <laughs> yes, there's those people. So this falls in that category, hey, like where you can go, okay, what? Well, nope, that is nails on a chalkboard. That yeah. is like, so misophonia is, is, is the, what that term is. And at the same time, we also want to recognize that maybe that person I find often has no idea that there's another potential for their voice. They have no idea that that's how they're coming across. Yes. They, they have, they have absorbed it or been conditioned into that or been in a family. I get that a lot for like loud, boisterous talkers and they end up having injury to their voice because they're like, we've always talked this loud and this is just how we do. And this is, you know, and they didn't realize, yes, yes, they can showcase their personality in that way, but they don't have to do it to the um, extent of risking losing their voice. So yes, with glottal fry, like Lindsay did, this is glottal fry. And so if you hang out down here, <laughs> are you doing okay, Lindsay? Should I stay here? <laughs> you do it, it's fine. I can. I know you're just doing it perfect, so it's okay. I'm not. Yes, of course. It's one of those things that some people truly don't recognize that that's what they've kind of put on as a as a cloak over their yes. voice. Now, what's interesting about that is is fry is normal. We all do it at some point. It's sure. it's not an abnormal thing. It's how much you're doing it how little range and volume control you have within yeah. that space. You're kind of stuck in a mode. And then for the listener, how often the listener is going to go, uh, turn off, I'm done. And most people are, are you know, blissfully unaware of, of how much it's actually impact, impacting the listener. And here we are talking about how are you going to be a leader if people aren't going to hear you? And I'm not saying, this is very important. I'm not saying that a voice has to sound a certain way. It needs to sound your most natural way. And glottal fry all the time is not anyone's most natural way. Of I, thank you. Thank you so much for saying that mm-hmm. because we are not in any way knocking those. And we all know them because we see pictures of them in states of undress every single day. We are mm-hmm. not knocking them as human beings. Mm-hmm. We are not knocking them as, as women and business owners. I mean, these are successful. I'm using these women as an example, mm-hmm. but what we are suggesting is that it is not natural mm-hmm. and it is not an, a truly authentic way to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and you may be, you may not, we have responsibilities as senders of messages, particularly when we're in leadership roles, yeah. the receiver has responsibilities too. And I would take responsibility for my homicide. <laughs> Love it. When we as a sender are not delivering the best message and the most authentic message, we are mm-hmm. missing our half of the equation. Is that, yes. did I say that correctly? I think that is a very accurate way of, of couching that. And that's even now let's switch to the also adding the internal piece. So that's the external component. Then the internal piece, let's continue with glottal fry example. You're talking here because you are in this reduced volume, this reduced breath support this reduced pitch and inflection and liveliness. Is that truly your full goddess, glorious energy flowing through? Absolutely not. 
So yeah. you are also restricting your own self for what's possible. Now, most people I work with that then want to get out of bottle fry, first thing they say is, oh, well, that sounds strange. Yes. Yeah, There's going to be an adjustment period because <laughs> now you're using pitches and inflections that you normally would just not have your ear here at all. Yes. So there is an adjustment period, but it's more important to, to me that they physically embody and feel what it's like to allow the voice to flow through. Glottal fry is like putting a cap yes. on your voice. Okay. Yeah. And whereas upspeak, that everything's a question, even though you're making a statement, that's more like a confidence nervousness issue. <laughs> Glottal fry is like putting a cap on what's possible and what what is gonna be able to come through. And everything to me only feels more and more constricted and restricted. Yes. You may think you're coming across super chill and like everything's okay. But that's not that's so out of alignment and dissonant with with the physicality, the physics of yes. what's going on with your voice. Yes. I love yeah. that. I love that. And what I would add is that when it comes to communication, yeah. we know that verbal is important, mm -hmm. but it is also the nonverbal, the non-words. Yes. Yes. And you said it, the tone, the inflection, the energy, mm -hmm. the articulation. Mm -hmm. If I want to put emphasis on a mm -hmm. word, that is really key to actually making yourself effectively heard and effectively mm -hmm. connecting. And when you use something like the vocal or glottal fry, mm -hmm. you lose the range of that extra ability. Yeah. And that's about 75% of our communication. So much, exactly. So much. So much. So if you are a female entrepreneur, if you are a woman who leads in a small business or a big business, mm -hmm. and you are listening to this, um, it is important that you are paying attention to your voice because mm -hmm. it is a tool for you to yes. use as a leader. And if you're not using all of it and you're not using awesome, at, uh, all of it awesome, you need to connect with my friend, Brian. Uh, that much is very clear. Let's, I want to segue now. I love that conversation. I could talk about that all, all day. <laughs> I, I want to ask you about, I want to ask you about your leadership style. And this is going to be a cool mm. conversation between clinical hospital setting and your own business. But before we get into that, you can find out what your leadership style is. If you're listening today, you mm -hmm. can check out the show notes. There's a link there to the quiz. You can go straight to highvoltageleadership.ca. You can click on the button that says take the quiz. What does it take? Like two minutes? It's not, oh, I mean, we're not talking. Yeah. I'm not going to rake you over the coals here. No, but, no, very easy. But, to yeah. Very easy. Very fun. You might find yeah. out something interesting about yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to give you a couple of my top leadership tips that you can take and use right away. Mm -hmm. um, and, and follow along. Let us know what your leadership style is. There's a quiz here on the show as well. We'd love to hear from you. So tell us what's your leadership style. I think I know already. Mine came through as supporting. Yes. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> What does that mean for you? Well, I definitely recognize where that brings in components that others have seen in me from compassion and empathy to very encouraging to accountability is really important to mm. support my clients with accountability uh, that in the healthcare system was actually challenging. You can't communicate with patients and you can, but not in the way in between sessions that yes. would actually elevate things uh, and move things along. So supporting to me, and especially when I look at the times in healthcare where I was mentoring 
clinical fellows. So clinical oh, fellows yes. in that profession are people who finish grad school. And then what you do is you do a one-year clinical fellowship. That's your first job. You are getting paid, yeah. um, but you're still under like a supervisor mentor. And oh, gosh, Lindsay, like my, I had the joy of having five clinical fellows. So over five, a five-year course. And that to me taught me a lot, taught me a lot about how much I love supporting because I just want them to do so well. And I want them to know that it doesn't have, doesn't have to be like this. So sometimes I'd be like, here's how it actually goes. You know, (laughs) I wanted them to have like the real talk of it. And, but I also was a supervisor who the first thing I always did, and this wasn't the case with all of them. And I remember even somebody saying to me, Oh, I, I guess I never thought of that. Like first thing I always did when they, when they would first move to town is I took them out to dinner Hmm. and we got a chance to get to know each other. And that was really important to me that we do those kind of relationship building components too. And, and so to me, yes, supportive makes sense. I will say, so I made a note to myself, so we'll have to talk. I will say then for whatever reason, I remember as I was filling out the quiz and getting that leadership result, and then maybe reading through the, the description, it also makes me feel a little like reticent to build a team. Mm. which is so interesting because like that wouldn't have been needed in healthcare, but now an entrepreneur land, I'm like, okay, okay. Well, I have a VA. That's a good start. Right. And, oh my gosh, could I do like, it was just, so I, I'm just bringing that forth to you today (laughs) of like, that's where I'm at with it. That's very interesting. It sort of gave you pause a little bit. Yes. So what I would say, first of all, it makes sense that you got supporting because you are mm. clearly supportive in your nature. I think it mm. also speaks to the fact that you are an empowerment guide, a, mm. a vocal empowerment guide, because as supporters, we are guiding. Yes. We are encouraging. Yes. yes. There's not um, a high, this is not me telling you what no. to do. It's a co-creation. Thank you for saying that. That's, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And And I would sprinkle in there. I mean, so let's be clear. I mean, the quiz is intended to be fun and interesting and a little yeah. a little educational. What's important is that we can be we the situational leadership, how we show up and mm-hmm. and all four of those styles, yeah, we can embrace at different moments in time. Sometimes we do have to be ah. directly. I need yeah. you to do this for me and I need mm-hmm. it done by Friday. So you may be like that with your VA from time to time. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is the deadline. This is what I need done. This is why I need it. Like, yeah, yes. let's do it. Yes. So, you know, you may be coaching, right? With your clients. Mm-hmm. I know that that's a style for you because I've had that experience. I, I know how you operate. Yeah. Um, You know, delegating. Okay, I need you to do this Ooh. and you to do that. And here's, and then we're going to come back together. And we'll put it, we'll put it back, you know, together when we're done. Yeah. So I love, I love that that came up for you mm-hmm. that, okay, I'm not sure that this is a completely comfortable because, yeah. well, it, it probably is only about 75%, right. Is the truth. Yeah. yeah. Right? So that's, yeah. Brilliant. that's brilliant that you had that observation. <laughs> You're a genius. Well, thank- <laughs> I have to, I have to, again, thank my, my intuition. That is where all things flow from. So my divine intuition has guided me a lot in all of this in the last, especially the last few years. So, yeah. 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 I, and I really appreciate, I think again, what an important thing to mention that whether you are leading in your own business, leading in your life, leading in a corporate environment, one of the most impactful things we have is that intuitive voice. Yes. And 
you know, the, the, the world, the workaday world tries to convince us that we should pay more attention to processes and pro programs and yes. precedent than we should yes. to our own intuition. And, and that is such a key to, to building a successful, um, small business is, is really leaning into that. Yeah, absolutely. It keeps the mind chatter at bay and yeah. it allows for those moments of resistance to transform. Love it. Something. Yeah. Something else. Thank you so much for so many incredible, insightful things today. Like I can't even, I can't even, this <laughs> just, I knew this would be a brilliant conversation. I feel so grateful to have you here. Thank mm. you. Thank you. Thank you. I feel the same, Lindsay, like that, that right there, that speaks to, so what I admire about your not only presence and personality and leadership is, is that what Lindsay just said, I believe we can actually set and create intentions for how we desire our mm -hmm. lives to be. And I believe that with your intention and my intention coming into this already knowing that we have built a relationship yeah, also is so key in this journey. Um, that reciprocity can look a lot of different ways. And Lindsay and I understand each other in those capacities sure that do. you set that intention. And I think that that's why these kind of conversations are able to bring forth what's needed in the moment. So thank you, because that is a leader's pre-work that nobody gets to see. Nobody knows. And even just before we, we started our talk today, there are things that we need to do to release and make space so that that kind of intention that she pulls in whenever she talks to anyone in her audience is going to elevate the whole situation. Thank you. That was just beautifully articulated. Thank you. And I would never, I would never be able to express it that way. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. It just flowed through. So I wanted to offer that. Oh, that that's just You're very, brilliant. very welcome. Oh my god. Thank gosh. you for having me. It, it, it has absolutely been my pleasure. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. I sure hope you enjoyed listening as much as I did hosting this conversation. And if you did enjoy today's episode, would you do me a favor? Would you give the episode a five-star review and share it with all of your friends? I would really appreciate that. I've got a goal to impact a thousand female founders and with your help, we can really amplify this message. Thanks again for being a part of the show. And don't forget to connect with me and all of my guests on Instagram at High Volt Leadership. We'll see you next Friday.